We have to go back! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And... Oh, and I'm Scott. Sorry. I, wait, what's happening? <laughs> I was going to do a fun uh, car-based intro for you, but you uh, you drifted... You were too fast for me. Ah! That's the drift. I'm very furious, <laughs> in fact. Uh, and we are here to review the first installment of the franchise, the 2001 Fast, the Fast, and the Furious. That's right. Get it right. Yeah, those articles are important. Otherwise, it could be one of the other eight. <laughs> um, we have uh, Scott Nice Wander with us today because, uh, fun fact, he is just the biggest Fast and the Furious f- uh, fan that I know personally. I don't want to say the biggest fan because I, I haven't seen this movie in years, and so I forgot a lot of it. Uh, and there are even other movies in this franchise that I have that I have almost no recollection of whatsoever. Because at a certain point, they just kind of they they just kind of they're just one movie. They're just one action sequence, and that's it. So yeah, but it's a good time. I love these movies. They're and they're the, these movies are everything that I should hate because I don't I don't know anything about cars. I don't care about cars in any I don't even drive, but for some reason I I love these movies. Mm, I don't know yeah. why. I have a theory about that. Yeah. I I totally agree with Scott. I am not a car mm. guy. This is not really my cup of tea. I'm more of a midnight in Paris type speed uh typically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it is Paul Walker ordering a tuna sandwich at the beginning that made me be like I like tuna sandwiches too. Take That's it right. away. Yeah, that you're absolutely right. I mean, I had one earlier today, so maybe that was just a sign. It's relatable. Mm-hmm. So before we uh, get into our reactions and our review of the movie, I'm going to give you guys some fun history. Uh, so this movie was released uh, June 22nd of 2001. And it was directed by Rob Cohen, and he was inspired to make this film after reading a Vibe magazine article about street racing in New York called Racer X. Um, and then he actually watched actual illegal street races in Los Angeles, and he said, we're making a movie out of this. Uh, and so the film eventually became titled The Fast and the Furious, but it had several working titles, including uh, Racer X, Redline, and Race Wars, which um, would have been confusing because I was confused. He's like, this is about race wars. I'm like, like, like yes. racial wars? Like, oh, that's right. They're racing. I forget. I get it. No, that would have been confusing. I think people. Yeah. Sponsored by Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, but yes. And um, so the, the title became The Fast and the Furious. But then they're like, whoops. Turns out in 1955, there is also a car film also named The Fast and the Furious. So, Oh, no way. Yes, Roger Corman licensed the title to Universal Studios, and he has what uh, Jerry Seinfeld refers to as mailbox money, where he just goes out to his mailbox and just picks up a check every single time they make a new Fast and the Furious film. I love that. And here's how far down the rabbit hole I went. Here's a brief synopsis of uh, the 1955 Fast and the Furious. 
uh, it actually covers a lot of the same beats. It's about this guy who breaks out of prison uh, and then gets like commits battery and then kidnaps this girl and then basically starts driving around the way from people and and that's the fast and the furious so just uh, just for clarification that was not the one i was supposed to have watched hmm. for this podcast <laughs> that's a bummer i watched race wars and i was very disturbed <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't think paul walker was in this at all we just had a whole bunch of mixed signals going on for this one huh <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you do want to watch the original, original of The Fast and the Furious, it's on YouTube, just like the full movie. And I'm pretty sure it's even in the public domain. Uh, but yeah, there it goes. But going back to this Fast and the Furious. So um, Robert Cohen's first choices weren't always uh, Paul Walker and Vin Diesel. His actual first choices uh, were Mario Lopez <laughs> as Dominic. And Mark Paul Gosselier, I can never say his last name right, as Brian, Saved by the Bell reunion. Yeah. Uh, but the studio execs convinced that audiences <laughs> would be confused by the re-teaming of the Saved by the Bell co-stars. Oh, yeah. And so they're like, oh, okay, I guess let's just go with Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. That's fascinating. I had no idea yeah. how different these movies would be if that, if that was the hmm. official casting. Oh, boy. That would have been, I mean, Mark Paul, we would have seen... Way more Zach Morales in the world. And what would Entertainment Tonight do? Like, it, it wouldn't have Mario Lopez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He'd be too busy being today's Vin Diesel. <laughs> he would be the voice of Groot. <laughs> Man, what if he had... Yeah, exactly. He had his exact same triple X would just right. not the really be the same. Um, yeah. That's about the extent of my Vin Diesel movie <laughs> knowledge. Is Fast and Furious, Guardians of the Galaxy, and The Pacifier. Uh, uh, I'm sure he's been in other things. Yeah. Uh, Iron Giant, that's one of the things I was thinking of. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm. That's true. Uh, Hamlet. Hamlet. Oh. Was what? he not in Hamlet? <laughs> I don't, I'm not entirely. Oh, I was thinking of um, Sir Ian McKellen. Uh, that's I get those confused yeah, all the time. Me too. So close. <laughs> uh, other people who were considered for the role uh, for Brian was Mark Wahlberg, Christian Bale, hmm. uh, really, and Eminem. That makes sense to me. That honestly makes sense. What is Eight Mile but Fast and the Furious but with rap? Like that's just. That's just it. I live my life eight miles at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Oh, man. And then uh, for the role of Mia, uh, Natalie Portman, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Kirsten Dunst, and Jessica Biel all auditioned for the role um, and ultimately did not get it. Yeah. Went to Jordana Brewster (laughs) or something. Yeah. No, that, that was her. Mm. And uh, and fun fact, the Volkswagen Jetta that Jesse drives in the movie was later purchased by the one and only Frankie Muniz. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Yep. Which I feel like should have been the actor cast in Jesse's. Oh, role. absolutely. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> um, and then like the last little bit of uh, 
fun little trivia I have for you guys is the first street race scene is supposed to um, only take 10 seconds because it's a quarter mile race. Uh, but the mm-hmm. race itself takes almost two minutes of screen time and shows the vehicles driving in excess of 150 miles per hour. Which means, um, oh, man, I guess they drive so fast that they actually slow down time. Oh, yeah, okay. that checks out, I think, mathematically. Yep. Yeah. No, I actually really loved that first uh, that first racing scene because. It's just I like that there was zero music in it, and it was just really heavily focused on the action, which is not a lot. You don't see that in these later movies. They're all just like pumped up music and just cool stunts. And then this movie was just they tried to make it real and realistic and no music, and it was really cool. Yeah, there are over 1,500 sound effects in that. In that first in that race. one race? Yes. Oh, I, I thought you meant just like in the world in general. That, Science has proven that, there's only 1,500 sound effects. Everything else is just made up of a combination of them. Dragon, it's a trash can. Yeah, right. uh, but yeah, so oh, though, that's the history. Let's go ahead and go into um, our reactions to the movie. Uh, so... Scott Grayson, when was the last time that you saw this movie? Or I guess when was the first time you saw this movie, I should say? The answer is the same for both those questions. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. Um it was when it first came out on DVD. I watched it at my friend Tyler Newshot's house. Hi Tyler, let's get in touch sometime. And I remember I ate 5 bananas while watching this movie. That's too many. It made me really sick. So I think that's why I didn't watch it again until I needed to for this episode because I had a very physical reaction to it. Um, but yeah, that's... Did you, how, many, how many bananas did you eat this time around? This time I kept it to a solid three and a half. Good for uh, you. Good call. Yeah. Good call. I know my limits. Uh, yeah, for me it was, I watched it, I watched them like the movies in general for the first time when fast five was coming out because I I had known these movies existed. I didn't care about them because again, I didn't care about cars. I didn't care about like macho alpha man type movie, you know, just in general. So I didn't, I didn't have any care in the world to see it. Uh, But a friend of mine is really into them. And he told me that he's really excited for fast five and that I need to go watch the rest of the movies to get caught up. So I did, and I don't know, and like, I don't know, something about it clicked inside of me, and I all of a sudden loved these these movies, and I look forward to them genuinely, unironically, every time they come out. Yeah, I saw this movie in theaters um, on a field trip uh, when I uh, was in teen camp. At the YMCA, and we all went on a field trip, and everyone's like, "Hey, what movie you're gonna see?" And I probably wanted to see some some Disney movie, and everyone else wanted to see Fast and Furious. So we went, mm-hmm. and I saw it, and I hated it. I did not enjoy the movie when I first saw it, especially because of the ending. I was mainly so upset with the ending. I'm just like, and I've I've talked with Scott about this before. I'm just like, 
he just lets him go at the end just because he likes him. That's dumb. That's a dumb ending. I, for years, I hated that movie because I didn't care about cars as well. Uh, I was just like, whatever. Mm-hmm. This is, I'm just not into this movie. But watching it now, I I wrote down 12 minutes in, and I love this movie, and I hate that. Um, it was just so, <laughs> it was just, I, I get it now. I get it. It's such, mm-hmm. I get it. I, I, I just didn't get it young then, but I get it now, man. I, I really yeah. want to see the rest of the movies, especially it. Especially since there is a like a small little featurette that's like a prelude to Too Fast, Too Furious. That kind of gives you a little bit of backstory mm-hmm. of like how Paul Walker's character got from the first movie to the second movie. Like how did he get from L.A. to Miami? Mm-hmm. Um, Probably by the, driving, I would assume. Uh, mostly, <laughs> <laughs> mostly by driving. Fits his character. <laughs> yeah, um, and I I thought that that tied up a lot of loose ends for me that I did not get uh after the first movie there was also an alternate ending i don't know if you saw the alternate ending no please to the, to the movie please tell us what that is oh it's real boring it's uh <laughs> it's just uh brian goes back to the toretto household and obviously dom is gone he's off and wherever he's at uh and he just goes to just say hey mia let's date again maybe and she was like, and I, her line was something along the lines of, it's not going to be that easy. And then the camera pans up into like the skyline of the city mm, and that's it. Good, good. I'm glad we got some answers uh, <laughs> yeah. on that relationship. Then a couple movies later, they have a child. So it's all good. Oh, really? Is that the I five mean, in Fast spoilers. Five? They have quintuplets? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. They got to grow like... up fast. <laughs> fast Five. Yeah, that's exactly right. Huh. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, yeah, I, I just really appreciate this movie in a completely different way. I took some notes. Here are the things that I love the most about the movie. Um, number one, mm-hmm. Jaw Rule. Um, <laughs> his line, and this is when I fell in love with the movie. Uh, the scene where Brian pulls up to the to the race. And um, he meets Hector, and then Ja Rule shows up. He says, hey, man, this your car? And then he says, I'm standing next to it. And Ja Rule says, you know, they say it's not how you stand next to the car. It's how you drive it. Murder. And he just <laughs> he leaves. And it's my, I, 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 fell in, I instantly fell in love with the movie. I'm just like. I hate that I love this movie so much right now, but I'm in. I'm in. I'm 100% mm-hmm. in. And then the payload in the beginning, he's like, all right, the payload's loaded in. And it's just a Panasonic TV with a VHS player in it. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, man, this movie is just slowly but surely winning me over that's, piece by piece. That That's the one part of this, the whole franchise that just doesn't hold up over time is the fact that they were stealing VCRs. <laughs> And it just all right. High stakes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let me put in this floppy disk to show you this program. All right. So, it's <laughs> like, what? What could possibly be held on that floppy disk? One of those images. One. Mm-hmm. Just a single one. Yeah. No. Uh. Like even later movies, they just like steal a safe full of cash. Totally. That could work in whatever time period you want to put it in. This movie is just VCRs. <laughs> So, 
Or I hope they didn't hold on to them because they're probably not worth as much anymore. The, but, uh. Those DVD players were bought legally. Just that line just made me just fall more in love with the movie. I love it. Uh, and and the other thing that I thought was really impressive, which I feel like should probably go without saying, is all the all the stunts, all the car stunts, like. Because I'm looking at these things yeah. and realizing this is a time before GoPros. So they can't just be like, all right, well, if this tiny little $500 camera like falls off. It's fine. They had these huge cameras. And I looked up uh, this really cool featurette. They built out this new kind of custom van rig that allowed them to basically, instead of just like having the actors on like a trailer and they were just like pulling a trailer like a truck would be pulling a trailer they had this van where they the van driver would do the stunts and then attached would be like the frame of the car um and so they had a lot Mm. more mobility and they could like spin around and do these stunts and so it looked real and you could feel so much of the intensity of and the stress of all of their stunts happening which i thought was so so impressive i'm like oh no, I I get how awesome these stunts are now because I'm so used to just like, all right, well, let's see how they're gonna drive out of this CGI car situation. But like, <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna ask a nostalgia based question. Um, mm-hmm. When this came out, did you guys pretend that you had little NOS buttons in your, I guess, would have been your parents' car, uh, and then slam your back up against? Um, so I never watched it when it came out, oh, right, right, but, right. but immediately after watching it, like, I don't know, a couple of years ago, uh, yes, <laughs> I, I absolutely, I didn't, cause I still don't, I still didn't drive then either. So it was just any, anything that could potentially have a NOS button on it. It had a NOS button on it. Yeah. Of course it did. My phone had one, you name it. Yeah. My hazard lights, I'd be, I would just be at the at a stop sign in my neighborhood. It's like, let's do this. And I hit it on it. <laughs> I would just drive. And this movie, it yeah. did introduce me to NOS um, as an energy drink, which I drank obsessively throughout my uh, high school and college mm-hmm. life. Um, it was delicious, and I loved it. So uh, it's actually this podcast sponsor. Thank you, NOS, for sponsoring this podcast. Um, it's not actually Thank sponsored you, NOS. by NOS, but NOS, if you want, gladly. So, so that whole marketing scheme that, that worked on you, where you're like, that's what NOS does to cars. I want that in my yes. body. Yeah. I actually wasn't convinced it was not the real thing. Like, for a while, I was just like, oh, man, this stuff tastes great. I can't believe you put it in your car. <laughs> I'm drinking rocket fuel. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, especially that scene when uh, Paul Walker's car uh, exploded because of all the NOS that was inside <laughs> like of it. Burns I want to eat that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All in my intestines. Yeah, and, and that's the mm-hmm. thing. The energy drink was like uh, this greenish color. It was great and citrusy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Studies are going to come out 25 years from now. Just <laughs> oh, I'm make sure. us rethink everything. <laughs> One thing I want to uh, mention is just, because, Ricky, you were talking about the, the stunts in the movie. Now, the stunts in this movie are just about nothing compared to the rest of the movies. Mm. Uh, I mean, I've, they'll, 
most likely be CGI when you have to, was it the last movie or one of the movies, recent ones, they drove a car out of a skyscraper into another skyscraper and then, just for good measure, did it again <laughs> immediately afterwards. So, uh, like, and, and then, like, the big action sequence of, of this movie, there was uh, Vinny or whatever his name was, uh, was stuck to a truck and they were just trying to get him off and it was like this big thing where everyone's like we gotta get him he's, he's stuck we gotta get him off that thing would have just taken about two seconds in like these other movies they would have been like we gotta get okay he's off and then we then proceed to do something crazy like you know skydive out of cars from a plane <laughs> or something like that and, and it's just they did they just continue to kick it up a notch and uh and it's it's a it's God, I, it's so good. I well, love it. Well, could you? I guess premise wise, because I this is the only Fast and Furious I have seen. Um, could you give us a brief Same. synopsis of the rest of them? No, <laughs> um, hard pass. <laughs> no, well, because again, because the, uh, they again they all kind of run together. So I'm gonna try, but the th- uh, everything after like. Because the second movie is a very it's a to use a car analogy it's kind of a hard turn um, from from the first movie and from the rest of them so obviously this movie you've seen it you know the deal the second movie I heard rumors that they just they originally planned for Vin Diesel's character to come back for Dom to come back but they couldn't get him he doesn't come back until like. I think he he makes a brief appearance in the third movie, but he doesn't come back like officially until the fourth one. I think. Whoa. Um, um. So the second movie, it's still Brian, still as a police officer, still undercover, but it's much more of a buddy cop movie. Um. It's like him and his friend in the whole movie is just one big long race, and it's just kind of it's like a fun sort of a racing movie. It's kind of cool. I enjoy it. It's very different. It's more fun and and comedic. Um, The third movie, or as I like to call it, the worst one, and if you like it, you're wrong, uh, is Tokyo Drift, and it has none of the original characters, and it has this really annoying southern guy who is in Japan, and it's just all about drifting and, and cool cars and everything like that. And then Dom shows up at the end. Uh, Han is in it. Han is in that movie who makes an appearance in Fast Five and Fast Six. Um, because Fast Five is when they get all the people from all of the movies together into one thing. It was like the Avengers before the Avengers happened, which was what was very exciting about it. Mm. Um, the Offenders. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, so then uh, the fourth movie, I don't really remember anything about it, except I think that's the one where Gal Gadot shows up. Um, and then the fifth movie, they, f- they, f- they get the whole team together, and they steal a ton of money, and then they no longer need to steal anything anymore. And then from six and seven and potentially eight, they're only doing things not for money anymore, but either because of personal vendettas, Jason Statham comes and kills one of their crew, so they have to get revenge on him. Mm. Uh, and I think, or just because they're the best car people in the world, and so they have to stop other like terrorists that use cars and everything like that. Uh, it's most of them are completely nonsensical. The Jason Statham one is. Uh, has like two plots in it where they're trying to stop 
uh, I guess, like cyber terrorists while also fighting Jason Statham, and they're two completely separate entities. Uh, it's a, it's a nightmare, but they're amazing, and I love them so much. When does The Rock come into play? The Rock, I think, was in Fast Five. I think that he was there. He was almost like the Brian role of this movie, where he's an actual uh, officer of the some sort of government agency, mm-hmm. um, and he just again just really likes Dom and so he can't arrest him because it's just like ah man I know you you definitely killed a lot of people with this last car chase that you did uh and you stole a ton of money but man we're bros it's all right and then he just continues to call on him every time they need some like cool fast drivers to solve a crime or something like that so it it like the the movies go from just here are some car thieves and people who are just stealing VCRs to these are the most elite team of, you know, drivers on the face of the earth that can solve all of the world's problems, no matter what you throw at them. And they'd start, they progressively become more superhero-ish. Uh, like in the, the latest movie, I think Fast 7, there's a point where Dom just lifts up a car. Like <laughs> r- genuinely, he just lifts a car. <laughs> and it's it's so far away from this from the first movie that you're like, what is happening? But you don't question it because they're just great characters like, and I love them. What happened to Dom when he went to Juarez after the credit <laughs> sequence? He got jacked, man, and then he became a jack. <laughs> they injected him with NOS. He's just pure adrenaline. <laughs> that <sighs> sounds amazing. I think you great. might have actually convinced me to just binge watch all of the Fast and Furious movies. So single-handedly yeah i'm there <laughs> there was someone on fo- uh, some comics creator i follow on twitter who even delayed watching the fast eight trailer um the fate of the furies uh until he had a binge night where he watched one through seven and then finished by watching the trailer wow. to, to eight and i just that's dedication <laughs> so people love these movies Man. was there anything that you guys noticed this time that you didn't remember last time um because i know for me the thing that i noticed um was the whole like the i i didn't notice as much like the friendship between dom and brian as much like there's these very small moments where like dom was like a person and uh and brian was like oh man like even if this guy did do something like super illegal like i really want to be his friend and like I really like and care for this guy, and I know he's doing crime, but I care more about him getting hurt than anything else. Because, like, the whole premise is like, listen, you need to help me stop him so, like, no one dies because I care about you guys. I was like, oh, man, that's like, oh, I I got, I thought that this was some action flick and this is really just a a action romance movie. Like, this is so sweet. That's just this. Yeah. The the thing that I noticed this time around was that uh, there's there's this amazing scene where Brian outs himself as a as a cop in front of Dom when uh, when they're trying to get their friend medical attention and he's just on the phone saying like this is Officer you know Brian O'Connor whatever his name is and uh, it's. As a side note, you can tell I'm such a huge fan of these movies. I always forget everybody's names because the names aren't important. Um, 
But no, they're, they're, it's just an amazing act. It's a it's a very well acted scene where he's progressively just freaking out more and more the more that he talks on the phone because he can just see. Uh, Vin Diesel getting more aggressive and more intense and he's and Brian is just kind of cowering in fear almost but he's still trying to do his job and it's God, he's he, there's like a lot of conflict within him it's just great and I loved it it was a great scene I saw that scene on some compilation recently where it was like the greatest character to character reveals in film or something like that. And Mm -hmm. uh, you're right. Vin Diesel is staring him down so hard. It makes sense that someone look at him and go, that guy's going to be a tree someday. (laughs) Like he is just like raw, huge rage. Yeah. Yeah. I, I noticed for the first time uh, driving laws in this movie because when I saw it the first time, I had not gone through driver's ed. So <laughs> I, I really picked up a lot more of the subtlety there. And just like, sure. I mean, there are just yeah. things that my my teenage mind just didn't understand of just like, oh, they're racing for money. Because I just, I think as a kid, I just thought that they raced for like respect, basically. I didn't think that there was prize money. I, well, some people yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. All right, I get the car and your respect. Oh, man, that moment at the end, he said, he handed him the keys. He's like, you sure you know what you're doing? He said, I owe you a 10-second car. And then I audibly said to myself, and his respect, he got it! And I just, <laughs> I just had this huge, I'm just like, ah, oh, like, like, that was the yeah. point of the movie, like, when I saw it the first time, I was like, this is dumb. And this time I'm like, oh, no, it's layered. He got everything and just sobbing. <laughs> like, this is a beautiful movie about friendship. And family. Oh. And the unrealistic expectations set upon embedded police officers <laughs> that are undercover for one week. Listen, you've been undercover for a week. I need a few more days, man. It has been seven days. You don't get this promotion. Oh, man. At least give me till the next moon cycle. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yeah. uh, One of the cool things that they talk about in that uh, little, I guess, prelude to um, Too Fast, Too Furious is that um, he's like he kind of like ditches the FBI, Brian's character. And that was the thing that I was confused about at the ending. The first time I saw it, I said, so you're just going to go back to work and be like, Ah, he was too fast and furious for me, boss. All right, let's go back to copping. Um, but like he's he's a fugitive. Like at that point in time, he like decides to like throw his whole life away, mm-hmm. and he basically just plays the game cruising USA in real life and just drives his way across the country, like doing these races. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I love about the prelude is it's all music. And sound effects. There's no dialogue. You just see his journey, like going in and out of these different uh, races and winning cash only, and just going to these motels and just making his way to Miami. I just thought that was so cool uh, because that's the more satisfying ending than him just. Because I thought I thought that he just like went back to being a cop. Like, ah oh, man, that sure was fun laying that criminal away. Ah, oh, life sure is good as a cop. Yeah, which makes me wonder. Because I haven't seen the second movie ever since I saw the the first one a long time ago, so I'm trying. I'm I'm pretty sure he's still a cop. Maybe he's just maybe they just uh, recruited him. They did, yeah. So yeah, in, again, so basically he gets recruited. Okay. Just like hey, he gets like 
caught by like TSA basically, and they're like, "Hey, you're one of fugitive." He's like, "Yeah, but I'm the fastest racer in the world. Well, we need your help." <laughs> and then he's back in the game again. Oh, I was just gonna. I remember there's a part in the second movie where they're like, "Hey," where he basically sets up this this the classic phrase where they're like, he's like. I know a guy. Like, he needs a partner. He's like, I know a guy. And audiences are f- fully expecting Vin Diesel to show up, and he is nowhere <laughs> in this movie. So, yeah, yeah. we have, I know a guy. Tyrese Gibson. Yep. Oh, you mean the guy we've never met before? Or even oh, referenced right. slightly? I didn't realize he was still a cop after that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, Just a fast driving cop. So it's basically Law and Order <laughs> SUV. Yes. Yes. Okay. I love it. Oh, <laughs> I think there's a. I mean, there's obviously uh, the rest of the movies. He's just a. He's just a fugitive, uh, and all he's doing is making money and living life and having babies. And that's all there is to it. Yeah. Fast five. <laughs> coming <laughs> this fall. Well, guys, uh, I think it's time to shift gears into head cannon. What? <laughs> Headcanon is the part of the show where we share our unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Yeah, so I don't know if this is like a, if this, I don't think there's any evidence for it, but it's just something I hope that the whole franchise does to kind of wrap everything up. We're introduced to Brian in this movie, and I think he's just driving, uh, he's just driving by himself, right? And he's just driving really fast on a road, on a deserted road. Uh, and the last time we see Brian, it's so far, this is before Fate of the Furious comes out, he takes off, splits paths from Vin Diesel, and he's driving on a solo road all by himself. And I would love, if we continued to follow him, that he ends up at the beginning of the first movie again, and the whole franchise is just a loop that you could watch endlessly. Of of these characters, and I think that would be a ton of fun. Oh my goodness, oh. that's yes. I really like that. <laughs> I mean, we'll see how Fate of the Furious does with this idea, but so far, could work. Huh. That's pretty great. My head cannon also has to deal with the longevity of the franchise. <laughs> um, Having seen exactly one movie in the franchise, um, my hope is that it continues on and they keep having these car-related escapades um, that are all vehicle-related to the point to where they have to deal with the fuel crisis that's going on. Mm. And with cops that are really good at driving, it ends up connecting to the beginning of Mad Max. The original. Ooh. Uh, so that the whole series is a prequel to the series, which brings in Fury Road. So it would all the just be one long The Fast and the Fury story. Road. The Fast and the Fury Road. Oh, I love this so much. I mean, every every franchise has to be interconnected with another franchise at some point. So yeah. this totally makes sense in my head. This is just the explanation as to why those oil wars started in the first place and what was happening in Australia. Oh, you're absolutely right. The thing that made me think of it was actually the semi-scene at the end of this one where he's all tied up. is very similar to the semi-chase scene in the second Mad Max uh, where they're trying to take the tanker down. It's like, oh, this is very, very similar. So 
I think it would just be a real fun connection. Yeah, I love that. I'm a big fan of that, especially because a lot of the other uh, a lot of the other movies in this uh, franchise continue to go back to the idea of like using American muscle cars and not like anything that's you know efficient or good for mm. the environment. So like yeah. even if they're in a competition that's just about drifting, they'll be like, "We need American muscle cars." No, you don't. You'll lose. <laughs> but uh, there, or like even there's another movie where they're facing like cyber terrorists or something, and they're like, "We gotta have cars without computers in them." And so of course they get these you know, American muscle cars. And so like that's just gonna continue down that path of uh, until we reach Mad Max. I think is, I think that holds up. Well, I did. I did have another piece of headcanon that's similar to yours, um, and I think that it's that. Fast and Furious is a prequel uh, to Cars uh, because the, the the Pixar theory is the theory that if you notice in Cars, there are no humans at all. Um, mm-hmm. And it is in theory that it takes place after just in the whole Pixar theory universe. It takes place after Wally, after Earth has been uninhabitable for humans. Because uh, all humans kind of live in space. Uh, so I think that these cars, due to the increasing amount of nitrous or NOS that gets injected into them, they start to mutate and gain sentience. Ah, I like all right, that. All right. I would love to see Vin Diesel drive a pizza planet <laughs> truck. That would just be the highlight. I got a shift down at Pizza Planet. <laughs> uh, speaking of Pizza Planet, uh, the Pizza Hut cameo, which I thought, or that mm. moment with the Pizza Hut uh, little scene, is just like, hey, what, what happened? And they're like, hey, go away, guy. We got a race happening. He's like, darn kids. I was like, well, that's a weird moment. That was the director. The director was the pizza guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. You little rascals. <laughs> yeah, that was Rob Cohen. Ah. That's awesome. Yeah, and my headcanon for that scene is that he was on the way to uh, deliver pizza to the Ninja Turtles, even though he, they were in L.A. I know. Just let me have this. It he was a is long not going to get there in yeah. 20 minutes. Mm-mm. It's going to be much longer than 20 minutes. They're very particular about where they order from, <laughs> so it makes sense. This guy in L.A. has the best pizza. Is that just Pizza Hut? Now I'm picturing a Ninja Turtle scene where they're like, we need to get some pizza. And he's like, it's okay, Mikey. I know a guy. <laughs> and then that Cohen walks in with a, a pizza. Oh, I really thought it was going to be Vin Diesel. <laughs> oh, man. I laughed so hard my headphones fell off. <laughs> Put it on a poster. <laughs> um. I do have um, it's it's more of just like uh, these connections that I realized um, just like how the movie was structured um, and how, you know, the, all the vehicles are kind of color coordinated um, and they live a life of secrecy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I guess this is a little bit of headcanon. So color coordinated secret life. Um, I think that all of the members of the fast gang were Power Rangers. I knew you were going to say that. Oh, yes. man. I thought you were going to say Beetleborgs. Uh, it was one of the oh, two. Oh, that makes 
That would make more sense. Um, Does it? <laughs> Immediately uh, going yeah. back on your own idea. <laughs> I mean, I get it when I think it, but when you say it, I'm like, nah. <laughs> I mean that only with... Because um, the Power Rangers are like... I mean, yes, they are teens with attitudes, uh, but the Beetleborgs were even more so far removed because Beetleborgs in the American version was just like, hey, ghost guy, you grant us a wish. We three kids want to be superheroes from this comic book that we really like. And that's how that happens. The Power Rangers is like, hey, I'm Zordon. You're a part of an elite force called the Power Rangers. You're like space police for Earth. Like that is a little more official. Uh, so them them not being yeah. Beetleborgs anymore is just like oh man we never got um, we we can never shake just the thrill of fighting crime so we turn to driving fast and basically. committing crime <laughs> yeah. yeah we become the things we hate <laughs> well the only you yeah. only committing crimes for their family so it's fine that's right that's what mm. I learned from the movie. It's all about family. Yeah. I mean, when you got five mouths to feed, <laughs> right. you'll do just about anything. Fast five. Coming this fall. Oh, man. Uh, okay, now we're going to go to the part of the show called Recast yeah. and Remakes. Uh, if this movie were to be made today, just like the, the franchise starting completely over, who would we cast and what would the storyline be? Um, I'm almost positive I've recommended this actor for just about every single role. Uh, and that would be, and for, for the role of Brian, I would cast Zac Efron. Because why not? I feel like he would. He's what people would want. You know what's crazy, Scott? My wife said the same thing. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a consensus so Uh-oh. far. I think it's meant That's, to be. It's in the air. It's what the people mm-hmm. want. If I had to recast uh, Brian, I would probably go with um, Nora Ephron. I like it. Just keep it in the of Ephron course, family. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I would go with a Hemsworth. Oh, uh, that's a good call. I'm not... I'm not particular as to which Hemsworth. I feel like Chris gets enough attention. Mm-hmm. Throw it to one of the other ones. Either like a Westworld Hemsworth or a Hunger Games Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. Probably Hunger Games. Yeah, Hemsworth. I would say I would say a Liam Hemsworth, and then maybe in the in the place of Vin Diesel, I might go like a like a, a, a Jason Momoa or something like that. Yes. <laughs> oh man. That would be very intense. It would. And he would probably ride on top oh, of the car. Of course cars. he would. That's his <laughs> style. That's what he does. He doesn't get in cars. There is precedent for on it. On top. On top of Batmobiles. Mm-hmm. On top mm-hmm. of horses. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. Um, for the Vin Diesel character, for Dom, uh, I, I know he comes up in the later movies, but The Rock seems like the obvious choice to like replace him current sure. day. It's all confusing. Mm. So then I got to find a replacement. I got to backfill the rock for when this continues. Uh, maybe Vin Diesel. Yeah. I think Vin. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I hear he's it. available. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, another person for Brian, I think, who would be amazing, uh, Josh Hutcherson. Mm, another Hunger Games. Um, oh. Yeah. I'm just going down to the Hunger Games INDB. Um, and Stanley Tucci as Dom. Uh, of let's see who else? <laughs> just Woody Harrelson as Jesse making bad choices. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, no. Oh, wait. No? No, okay. No, we would get uh, who plays Jesse in uh, Breaking Bad? Brian Cranston or the other Jesse? Aaron other, Paul? Jesse. Yeah, Aaron Paul is yeah. Jesse. Jesse. Yep. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm thinking, because I'm almost thinking if we want to make it modern day, the trend would be to make them both female characters now. So Ooh. who would I want to do in that? Obviously, Melissa McCarthy uh, as <laughs> both of them, I want to say. <laughs> yes. Uh, Fast and Furious, yeah. same plot, same script. Melissa McCarthy, everyone. Yeah. I am. I mean, in. we know she plays well with Jason Statham, mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. You know what would be great? Just... Uh, just not even th- overthinking it. Just the entire cast of Orange is the New Black and Fast and mm. Furious. Done. I like Or it. the entire cast of Bridesmaids. Like Fast and Furious. Also good. I'm tempted to put Anna Kendrick in here somewhere because I think oh, that yeah. would be fun. Yeah. Depends on the direction <laughs> we want to go with this movie. No, I think a she would be a, a great perfect Brian. Brian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Pitch Black. That's another Vin Diesel movie. Pitch Black. <laughs> this got, wasn't about acapella there. music at all. <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Um, we need someone who doesn't like sleeves. That's true. <laughs> and that is... Oh, yeah. No, I feel uh, like Charlize Theron doesn't wear a lot of sleeves, but she's also in the later ones again. So. That's true. Gina Rodriguez would be good. Uh, she stars as Jane the Virgin. That's right. <laughs> Ricky, and you're not going to believe this. My wife said the exact same thing. Oh, my thing. God. Consensus! It's freaky, actually. <laughs> I'm weirded out. That's amazing. You guys oh. been talking to my wife? Yes. We are your wife. <laughs> oh, gosh. I can't erase that. <laughs> All right. The cast of New Girl. <laughs> I just want the entire cast um, all in that same situation. Like, Jess is the new girl in town, and she wants to race. And she mm. just has this real quirky way of racing <laughs> that always ma- makes her win. I just like to, like, let go of the steering wheel and let the car decide. And then Nick is just upset with her. Oh, I love it. I don't know how you do it, but you're winning. So in, are you saying, like, in this, NOS would be ukulele music? Yes. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Ukulele music. I would honestly love to see like a Netflix original series of Fast and the Furious. Um, but just uh, they did it. It was all... called a uh, Turbo, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Dang it, you're right. Beat me to it. All right, there go my millions. Yeah, I just have a real quick discussion question before we go mm-hmm. into the the final segment. It's called the Fast and the Furious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Between Brian and Dom, which one do you think was the fast and which one was the furious? <laughs> See, that's a trick question. I, 
So here's here's my thoughts on that. You're tempted, maybe your first instinct is to say that Dom is the furious and and Brian is the fast cuz cuz Dom's like the, you know, the strong guy, you know, he's he's the head of the group, you know. But really we've seen that Dom can outrace anybody. So he's obviously yeah. the fast and Brian spends most of his time just fighting other people like more so than Dom he's fighting uh he's fighting his other cop people he's fighting other members of the gate like one of the first things he does in when he shows up is he fights uh one of one of the other guy uh and it's just yeah he's always constantly fighting so I would say Brian is furious Dom Mm. is fast you know, I actually agree with you, but for a different reason, oh, really? um, because I agree that Brian is fighting all the time, but he's fighting on a full stomach with all of those tuna sandwiches, mm. whereas Dom, we never see him eating. Therefore, he is fasting ah, and Dom okay. is the fast and Brian he, is the furious. He's one. He he just drinks Corona and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's got to be Corona. Mm hmm. I mean, that's why he waves off the pizza guy. He's fasting. Don't tempt me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mr. Cohen. That may, I think you nailed it. Yeah. Thoughts, Crack, Ricky? Cracked the code. I mean, no one's going to top that, so uh, <laughs> I'm out. I was just thinking of a prequel to Fast and the Furious that takes place in high school called The Breakfast and the Furious Club. That's it. Oh, goodness. That's great. That's real good. Uh, now we're going to go into our final segment of the podcast where we give you our reasons to recommend. So, fellas, why would you recommend The Fast and The Furious, the 2001 version? Uh, I mean, I would recommend it because... Uh, all right, I want to preface this by saying, yet again, I had never any interest in these movies whatsoever. So if you're thinking to yourself, boy, I don't like fast cars, that doesn't mean anything to me, uh, or I don't like uh, kind of overtly alpha male uh, misogynistic tendencies of the, that these movies tend to have, that's fine. You don't have to. There's something weirdly magical about these movies, and it only gets better. This movie... Is on like a scale of one to ten, like not rating it, uh, but just how awesome it is. So I guess rating it um, would be uh, probably about probably about a five compared to the other ones. They just get more and more ridiculous as time Whoa. goes on. Uh, and if you watch this movie and think, "Wow, this was just fast cars," whatever. You're just you're just watching this movie to get the setup for the rest of the craziness that's going to be happening later, uh, and it's all it's just so good. Just do yourself a favor and just enjoy any of these movies except the third one, and uh, your your day will be complete. I don't, that's not a reason to recommend. That's just me <laughs> recommending it. So I don't think this answered any questions whatsoever. It's, they're just, I no, just you totally did. Great. Yeah, so I know I say this anytime that we review a movie where an actor has passed, but we haven't brought it up. Paul Walker lives on through these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was watching it and totally forgot about the real life 
uh, circumstances under which these movies have continued to be made. And it's captured there for this hour and 40 something minutes. It's like, this is stepping back in time. And I'm actually really glad I hadn't rewatched it since I watched it like the year after it came out um, because it transported me back there and just the environment and the way they talk. And it's uh, a little slice of 2001 um, that is so fun. I think you're, you're exactly right, Scott. It's, it's just such a fun ride that um, you owe it to yourself to at least try it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, there's even just even his Brian and Mia's relationship is just really fun to watch through throughout all of these movies, just as they grow as people, because they they start everyone here starts even just from moment one. All of them start as horrible people. Even Brian, like the very first scene that he's in, he just seems like this kind of jerk who's just trying to race faster or whatever. And what, but they just continue to grow on you. And it's the exact reason why they continue to get away with all of the crimes they commit. It's just because they're likable. And there's something <laughs> about them that, that everybody, even the people who are chasing after them, uh, seem to like about them. And it, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It's not like Brian had his life together at the beginning of these films. His mm -hmm. only cop friend was Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Yep. <gasps> yeah, that's not a good friend. No. That, no. That's Buffalo Bill? <laughs> you probably didn't recognize him outside of his skin suit. You're right. Really hard to pin that guy. Um, yeah, I would recommend this movie because, like, and this is coming from someone who, like, the first time I watched it, I didn't really enjoy it kind of at all. It is so enjoyable to watch, like, because you like this movie is as much about cars as Space Jam is about basketball. I mean, yes, it is like the driving force, pun intended, always hmm. uh, for yes. the story, but like it plays backseat, also pun intended, to <laughs> the relationships. Yes. <laughs> Um, nice. and it's, I, I'm telling you, like, I'm watching this movie, I'm, like, getting choked up and getting emotional, um, at the end of this movie, because, like, when you see it for, like, what it is, it's, like, they really do a good job of, like, building these relationships and these characters who are all kind of, respectively, these lone wolves who kind of have found each other and take each other in and treat each other like family, which I, I see now the appeal of that, and I definitely want to watch the other one so i recommend the movie just for um its entertainment value uh, the job ja rule alone is just <laughs> worth watching the yes. movie his little cameo and um and i mean more than anything watch this movie because like life moves pretty fast and if you don't stop to look around once in a while it's wrong wrong move no nope, that's the wrong it's the different movie was that one no that's uh, what he said at the end of the movie is that, that was beautiful, Ricky. Okay. Thank you. you. Know You're right. Uh, I do. I think you had a really good point, though, about it. Just not really like the cars are the what's advertised in a lot of these movies, but it's not the folk. It's it's like the equivalent of the show The League, where which was a similar thing where I did not care about sports at all. And so I didn't feel like watching that show, but that's just like, that's just there to push the plot forward. You watch it for the characters and you watch it for the scenarios that they're in. And for these movies, you watch them 
because it's just it's ridiculous. It's over the top and ridiculous, and they just get. I mean, this movie was the least ridiculous out of all of them, uh, but they just keep getting just better, just better and better and better, and I love it. And I just I will never apologize because they're great. <laughs> Wonderful. Mm-hmm. And that is our review of the 2001 The Fast and the Furious. Uh, let us know what you remember about The Fast and the Furious on Twitter and Instagram. In both places, we are at Flashback Flicks. And be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps this podcast out. Um, leave us a review telling us on a scale of one to Fast Five. How's our review? Although, in this case, I think a Tokyo Drift yes. would be a one. You're correct. From my You're understanding. understanding it. So, there are people that will okay. tell you differently. Good. There are people who will lie to your face and tell you that the third one's the best one. They are not even considered human beings at this point. Okay? Uh, <laughs> it's so just, it's now. not good. Oh, man. And I, yeah, anyway. Doesn't matter. That We'll review that next week. <laughs> Perfect. On a scale of Tokyo Drift to Fast Five. That's what we're working with. And Scott, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Where can they find you? Yeah. Uh, you can find me anywhere on the internet at Scott Nicewander. It's just my name. You can find me all over the place. I have a YouTube channel called NerdSync, uh, which you can go check out. I also have, if you're interested in another podcast, a friend of mine, uh, Dylan, and I have our own podcast called the online podcast with Scott and Dylan because we thought that was hilarious when we came up with it at about 4 a.m. Um, so <laughs> that's available. You might just have you might have to search online podcast Scott Dylan everywhere because if you just search online podcast, you'll never find us. We have terrible SEO because of the dumb name that we chose. Uh, but that's a really fun podcast where it's just him and I sit down and have just a random conversation. And it's a lot of fun. It is really fun. I've been a part of two of them in some, or three of them in some capacity, and it's all been just a great time. Oh, that's right. You were there recently controlling sound effects and music for us, which was so much fun. If that episode is up, definitely everyone's got to check that out. That was a ton of fun to do. Yes. So that's how Ricky knows about the finite number of sound effects that can be detected by the human ear. It all comes back. Got it. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind.